y'all. My name is Lisa Nicole, independent country artist coming at you from beautiful British Columbia, Canada. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I and occasional special guests aim to inspire you both on and off the stage. Join us as I dig in deep into behind the scenes of my life, my music, my heart, the music business, and exclusive lifestyle and fitness tips. Now settle up and thank y'all so much for tuning in. There are truly so many moments I've been on the road where it's just like, did that just happen? Did I sleep in a barn? Okay, well, almost. I'm going to tell you that story and a few more and how to deal with those moments that throw you so far off guard without being a diva. (laughs) What if we were just acting as any normal human would in a sticky situation that makes you uncomfortable? So I'm going to tell you a few of my crazy road stories Um, Some are funny, some are crazy, some are creepy, (laughs) and how I dealt with them. And since the last two weeks' episodes were a little sad and vulnerable, I hope to give you some laughs today. Let's start with the barn story. And before I go into this one, I'd like to say I think that this person thought what I'm about to tell you was totally okay, and maybe that's just the way they were raised. Everyone has different morals, right? We were on the road in Ontario, and we were set up to write with a songwriter, and he graciously offered to let us stay at his place. He didn't quite live in town. He lived on the outskirts, and we got in pretty late, so we were pretty beat. When we pulled up, it was clear he lived on some kind of farm. There was a big old red barn and fields of vegetables, and I remember telling Alberta, who was in the car with us, could you imagine if we were sleeping in that barn? Well... He greeted us, we said our hellos, and met his parents, whom it seemed lived in the house as well. He then proceeded to say, let me take you to where you'll be sleeping, which kind of caught me off guard because he was leading us back outside. Have you guessed where this is going yet? He led us to the barn. And I'm not talking about a beautiful, done-up wedding type of barn. I'm talking about hay and dirt kind of barn. And there were three cots set up on the dirt with sleeping bags. And he put out glasses of water and bug spray because we were going to be sleeping in the barn. (laughs) I really wonder if he read our body language. I really wonder if he read our body language or saw my jaw drop when I realized that was happening. Alberta, she's hilarious. After he left, she was just a hard F no, I'm not sleeping in here. I will sleep in the car. (laughs) Jason was a little more accepting of the situation. And I was like, what the heck am I going to do? Keep in mind, I've been camping my whole life. I am a country girl, but this situation was way, way different than camping because A, when you're camping, you're in an enclosed tent with no like animals or bugs. B, you're already expecting to rough it. But to sleep in this situation after a long day in the road and then expected to wake up and be with it to write a song? Um, no. (laughs) Did I mention, did I mention there were bats? There were bats flying around the top of the barn. Oh my God. And mice. (laughs) Needless to say, Alberta and I slept in the car that night and we still had just as bad of a sleep as you can imagine. Uh, Jason toughed it out. And funny enough, the next day they did invite us into their house for a really nice breakfast. Moral of this story is, if you're just not comfortable with letting a stranger stay in your house, that is totally okay. I get it. People are weird. But maybe just say you don't have appropriate accommodations. Putting someone up in a barn or outside might be okay for some people, but I would say 90% of people would be like, what the F is happening? And of course, I never said anything to him 
Um, I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And also I was grateful for a free place to stay. I just, I think if I would have known ahead of time, I would have planned otherwise, especially with two other people. And if we weren't out in the middle of nowhere, I probably would have looked up a cheap hotel for us, but we were kind of way out there. So it was a sticky situation. (laughs) Okay, next up is getting evacuated. We were headed up north to do a show, a fundraiser at the Flying Ranch for the fires in northern BC a few years ago. My guitar player that was on that show was Paul Kinman, and he was driving from Vancouver. I was en route from the Kootenays. This was a scary time for that region. When we drove through Cache Creek, you could see the flames from the highway. And it was about 30 minutes after we got through that they shut the highway down. I was excited for the show because we were staying at the ranch, super cool, and the following day we are going to go for a ride. When we got to the ranch, just across the lake, the sky was completely amber. So the fires seemed to be getting closer, which was concerning, of course. I asked the wrangler what the chances were of evacuation, and he was so confident that they would be giving us 24 hours notice, which I thought was a little funny. We played the show to raise money for a 100-mile house, I believe. It was a lot of fun. We stayed in the same cabin and got to bed about mm, 11 p.m. Not even two hours later. Bang, 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 bang. Everybody out. We're being evacuated. You know on TV where people spring out of bed to save their life? Well, that's the moment we were in. (laughs) Once we got up and outside, we realized the fires were not at our doorstep, but getting close. So off everyone goes in their vehicles, conveying to Kamloops. We got there, exhausted at about 3 a.m., And to our surprise, there was not one hotel room available. Kamloops was hit so hard with an influx of over 10,000 people in their city. Everywhere was full. There was no way I was going to continue driving another eight hours home. We pulled over to a residential area and we slept in our cars. Needless to say, I've had my share of sleeping in my car in these sticky situations. Moral of this story is I now travel with a sleeping bag in the back of my car. Okay, ready to hear my tornado story? (laughs) Tawny and I are en route from Nashville back to BC. When I told her I was driving from Nashville to BC by myself, she told me, no, you're not. (laughs) So we are driving through Arizona, I think it was, and behind us was blue skies, but ahead of us was a big, dark, dark cloud. And there was a little hole in the sky just ahead, which may have been the eye of the storm. I don't really know if that's what that looks like. Anyways, We're driving and all of a sudden our phones go off with storm warning, storm warning. And a few minutes after that, it was something like tornado warning, take shelter. It was getting really windy. Tawny is driving and we just decide we are going to outrun this thing. And a few minutes later, we are out of it. But it was nuts. I've never been in that situation ever in my life. I think most people would have taken shelter. I'm pretty sure it was the same day that we were almost in a head on. I'm in the driver's seat this time, and we're headed down the freeway. The lanes here are separated by a grassy medium, and on the other side, there were a ton of RCMP vehicles going the other way. A minute later, a car is coming straight at us and fast, oncoming, in our lane, and he was kind of making his way over to the shoulder, but I was holding on for dear life, and we drove past him in the blink of an eye by, I swear, an inch of space between us. Holy shit. Holy shit! I just couldn't believe I actually held on to the steering wheel steady enough to not hit the sky or swerve 
it was really scary and someone must have been watching over us that day for sure. On the same trip, we're staying in Los Angeles, California. We had some awesome Airbnbs along the way and some that were not so awesome. This one was definitely sketchy and uncomfortable. Pretty sure the beds had plastic sheets of some sort on them. Like, you know, when you're younger and you still pee the bed, like those, the worst sleep ever. We pulled up in the alley and there were a few guys outside and here's a situation where someone will take my friendliness as flirtatious. I believed I waved hello to the group or said hello. Minutes later, we get a knock on the door. And also at this time, my name was branded all over my vehicle. So it was pretty obvious who I was. He comes to the door, starts making small talk, telling me he's a writer himself and maybe he'll come to the show. I knew he wasn't coming. But after I got him out the door, he came back two or three more times. I had to nicely tell him to stop coming to our door. Nice person, kind of creepy, seemed harmless, but dude. Like, get the body language. Or when I say, I have to go, that means I have to go. Oh, good times, good times. I've slept in some really, really questionable accommodations. I remember this one time in Toronto. I show up late around midnight to check into my Airbnb. And the bedroom was cute, but the bedding was disgusting. Like hairs and skin and there's no top sheet. So I hunted around the house for a towel or something to sleep over top of the bedding. I ended up using some of my clothing as blankets. Another worst sleep ever. And these situations have happened more than once. There's just a fine line between Airbnbs and hotels. At least when you book a hotel, you know you're going to get a clean bed and a secure room. The downside to hotels is they're so much more expensive than an Airbnb. I also like an Airbnb if I need a kitchen on the road. Either way, though, you've got to be flexible and easy going out there. It's easy to be a diva, but it's not easy to suck it up and deal with it. Now, I always, always make sure the Airbnb host is a super host, and I always read the reviews. I have learned the hard way. And to all the venues that book artists accommodations, this is how much we appreciate it. These stories are how much we appreciate it. There's nothing worse than having those long, long days on the road or a long show and you have to go back to discomfort and a horrible sleep just to get up and do it again. Okay, off topic from sleeping arrangements. How about showing up to a venue where they had no idea what was going on? Yep, been there too. (laughs) We are in Alberta And I'm not going to single out the venue, but when I arrived, they were really confused. I had even done my work and advanced the show, made awesome posters, and there were quite a few emails back and forth prior. When we showed up to play the show for 8 p.m., we didn't end up playing until 10 p.m. There's a point where you have to be flexible with set times and venue bookers, but two hours is completely unacceptable. And this guy also told us he gets about 150 people on a Friday night. So we agreed to play for the door. I would say there were about 15 people there. I followed up with him to see about some reimbursement, basically for royally screwing up our show. And he said he had no money. And get this, he said he had no money because he spent $400 on advertising our show. This blew my mind. You were advertising a show that you weren't even prepared for. I was truly baffled. How does someone overlook these important parts of your business when you own a music venue? 
When you are the artist booking your own shows, you have to show up to the venue as not only the artist, but you have to put that business hat on as well. This is a tricky role because as the artist, you want everyone to like you. That's why we have road managers to deal with situations like this. So the manager can say, no, this isn't acceptable. We need to fix this. And it's not the artist getting hated on. It's tough because when you do have to be strong-willed and put your foot down, it can come across as (laughs) diva-ish. And a booker could easily feel, well, that artist was hard to deal with. I'm not booking her again. Anyways, more on this topic on how to book your own gig in next week's episode. For now, I thank you kindly for listening. And please head over to my Instagram to connect with me there at Lisa Nicole Music. Also, my Spotify, my iTunes, it's all at Lisa Nicole Music. And if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button and leave me a sweet old review. Thank you so, so much. And I really hope you have a great day great weekend, great week, great month, great everything. Much love.